theyeshiva.net. Let's summarize what we began learning in this Sikha of the Labavitcher Rebbe for Shabbos Chazoin, this Shabbos. That was said Shabbos Chazoin, Tovshin Mem, Beis, and Mem Dalet, 1982 and 1984, in the Kutei Sikhas, Volume 29. And the point we learned was that the Heleke Badichev Rav, the Vitzak of Badichev, taught that Shabbos Chazoin is because it's a Shabbos when every Jew is given a vision of the future Beis Amiktosh, the third Beis Amiktosh. And the Rebbe said, obviously, we know that he wasn't talking about tzaddikim, he was talking about every individual. How can you say this? What does it mean every Jew was given this vision? I mean, we don't see the Beis Amikdash on the Shabbos Chazoin or on any other Shabbos. The Rebbe said, perhaps one explanation is, explanation is based on the Gemara Megillah in the beginning, Dav Gimel. That there's a concept called Afalgav de Iuloi Chazi, Mazlayu Chazi. Sometimes I don't see something, but my Mazl sees it. My Mazl doesn't mean that I get affected because somebody else saw it and told me about it. My Mazl means that there's a part of me, there's a dimension of me that experiences reality, even if consciously it has not been processed. Like the Baal said, that the Baskal that goes out from Har Chayrev every day, Chazal say, is heard. Maybe not consciously, but by your mazel it's heard and it affects you, it impacts you. You may not identify the source of the impact because that source is invisible to you at this present moment. Because many of us are not in touch with our mazel. There's no seamless flow between our mazel and our conscious self as we call it today. Or as Chassidus calls it, the koiches hagiluyim. In other words, the way I, re- the way I, I identify myself to myself. The mazel is not the way I identify myself to myself because I'm unaware of it. But it may be that I'm experiencing very powerful uh, impact and very powerful influences from that mazel. So the Baditshava is saying that every Jew is seeing the Beis sees the Beis on the third on the on sees the third Beis on Shabbos Chazon. It's because the mazel sees it, and and that mazel can affect the body and the animal soul and the parts of the person down here. What what did the Baditshiva explain when he said this? He gave the metaphor of a father who has woven for his beloved son a most exquisite garment, which was then given to the son to wear, but the son didn't appreciate it and he destroyed it. The same thing happened the second time. So the third time, the father keeps the garment privately. He keeps it to himself, but once in a while he shows it to the child to arouse within him a desire to live life in an appropriate moral fashion, knowing that then he'll be able to get it back until this behavior becomes like his nature, positive behavior, and then the father gives him the garment to dawn. And that's the metaphor for the first two Bate Miktush, and the third Beis Miktush, which is shown to just do on Shabbos Chazan, like the father shows the garment to the son. Asked the Lubavitcher Rebbe Lechayda, why did the Lubavitcher Badichev give a metaphor of a garment? Could have given the same metaphor of a home. We're talking about the base Amikdash, which is a home. On the contrary, because a home is a place that's fixed, that's permanent, unlike the Mishkan that was temporary. Definition of a garment is that Levush Tachlifim Disposable. 
In the Midbar, there was a unique miracle for a certain amount of time, for 40 years, that Sibloscha loy balsamayalacha, that your, your garments didn't, uh, wither away. But generally speaking, a garment is more temporary. He could have given the same marshal and said, Father built a beautiful home for his child and the, for the, the son destroyed it. <laughs> he put it up and he put it, uh, you know, he lit a fire and he destroyed the house or whatever he did. He made it a churva. So he built the second home. Same exact marshal. And furthermore, the point of the marshal is that when Hashem gave the Beis HaMikdash, the first one and the second one, he wanted it shouldn't get destroyed. And if we would have had the privilege and treated it correctly, it would have remained and endured forever, like the third Beis HaMikdash. So he's not giving us a garment, which by definition is not something that's eternal, even relatively to the human scope of life. Fakarity was giving us something that he wanted should be permanent, it's just we destroyed it. So really the marshal, not only he could have done better, but really the marshal is inconsistent with, with the point. So the Rebbe explained that there's something unique about a levush, it's not by a bias. A house is not tailor-made to the size of the person. In fact, you can have a hundred people in the same house. You can have twenty people in the same house. Even if it's a small house, you can have people in the house because the house is a larger place. As he expressed in Allah, it has to be dalad al dalad, which is much larger than a person. A lavush on the contrary, on the contrary, on the, a lavush in contrast is suitable to the individual size of this person. I can't just, we can't just, we can't both wear the same pair of pants. I have to take it off and give it to you. We can't both wear the same shirt. It's something that, that fits my body. And even if I take it off, it may not fit you because it has to be your size. And that's why there's also different garments for different parts of the body. There's a hat or another form of garment, which is for the head. I put my hat, my hat on my hands. It's not going to work. The torso has one garment, the waist has another garment, the feet have another garment, the top of the body. Every, every part, the higher part, the higher parts of the body, the lower parts of the body. And he says in footnote 29, in Shabbos Daf Kuf Chaf, some of you learned, he speaks about 18 garments, Shmei Levusha. What, what, in, in the body itself, there's different Levushim for different parts of the body. And that's why when I look at your garment, I can see certain things about you in terms of your dimensions, your physique, your shape, your size, your height, your waist, how skinny you are, etc. A house, it's not that it's one house for my head and one house for my feet. The whole person goes into the house and the house is much larger than the person and there can be many people in the house and the house can go from one person to another person to another person. This is why he uses the marshal for Lavush for the Beis HaMikdush. The Kedusha of the Beis HaMikdash was like the Kedusha of a Levush, which means that different parts of the Beis HaMikdash possessed a different holiness that was manifested through the Levush, through the garment, through the physical features, dimensions, sizes, and shapes of the particular rooms, chambers, compartments, and departments of the Beis HaMikdash. It wasn't just there was one holiness of Hashem that was manifested in the house of Hashem, in the entire house. No. Every part of the house 
was uniquely structured to suit the unique Kedusha of that place. And it's different levels of sanctity. And different people are allowed to go into different places because it's a different level of holiness. There's the Kedusha Kedoshim, the Heichel, the Azara. And many others. The Rambam in Hilchis Beis Abchira discusses it at length. And you're not allowed to change the Binyan. You're not allowed to say, uh, I'll be this size, who cares? I'll be this length, I'll be this width. Everything was... David HaMelech says, HaKol B'Ksav Miyad Hashem Malai Hiskam. All of the blueprints to the last detail was conceived by me from Miyad Hashem, from the divine instruction of how the Beis Amikta should be built. And then his son Shleimah HaMelech implemented it. There's even a halacha. He brings in one of the footnotes, 37. The Rambam writes in Hilchiz Beis Abchir Gvav that the Beis Amikdash wasn't built on flat land. It was It was on a slope. It was built on a slope. Today, when you go to the Harabais, you look at it, see, it's flat, and everything is on the same level. But that's not how the Beis HaMikdash was built. The reason is because the Harabais was flattened by Adrian, one of the Roman emperors who really wanted to destroy Jewish life. He flattened the Temple Mount. He lowered it, I think, around a thousand feet. We don't see the real Harabais and made it flat. He wanted to destroy every last vestige and memory of the Beis HaMikdash. But the, when the Beis HaMikdash was there, it was a mountain, and it was built on a slope. It was not built flat. You had to literally, you were climbing, you were ascending as you went into the Beis HaMikdash, and the further you went, the further up on the slope. What's the reason for this? Because it was actually reflective of the various gradations of holiness, just like physically you were going up as you progressed in the structure of the Beis HaMikdash, spiritually you were also on a slope, you were also ascending. As you entered, you were in a lower place, and then you continued to progress higher and higher and higher, not just physically in terms of space, but also spiritually in terms of Kedusha. And when the Chazal tell us that the Beis HaMikdash below parallels the Beis HaMikdash above, this is one of the explanations, that the Beis HaMikdash, the way it is below, is actually a reflection and a manifestation of the Beis HaMikdash, the way it is above. And since there were different Beis HaMikdashes above, meaning there were different compartments in the higher Beis HaMikdash, different levels of spirituality and holiness, this was manifested in the Beis HaMikdash below, manifested not just in a general way, but that the actual physical dimensions and sizes, all of the details and nuances in every single one of the rooms and sections of the Beis HaMikdush. The Beis HaMikdush had an enormous amount of compartments. There were chambers, rooms, besides the general categories. You had the Azar itself, the outer the outer place had a lot of sections. You have what's called Ezra's Noshim, Ezra's Yisrael, Ezra's Koyhanim. You have what's called the ulam, the corridor before you go into the heichel. There's the heichel. And a lot of lishkois, there were a lot of different rooms. Each one had its unique quality of kedusha that came out through that particular, those particular physical features. And it was consistent with the different levels of kedusha among the Jewish people. And that's what a levush is. A house, you can't say, I am manifested in the house and through the house. There's me and there's the house. The house is a general place where I live. 
I could sit on the couch, I could lie on my bed, I could sit in the kitchen, I could sit in the dining room, I can go out to the porch. The house is a place, I'm there, you're there, we're all there, and a lot of people, we can make a simcha or a shir in the house, and there's a lot of people there. A lavush, the word lavush means I'm a lubush in it, I'm enclosed in it, I become enclosed, the garment is now just an expression of me, a manifestation of me. And that's the chiddush of the Beis that all of the parts and the details of the Beis were an absolute synchronization with the different levels of Kedusha, which is like a lavush, which in all of its details, it's tailor-made and it's custom-made for the one that is dressed up in it. So we don't just say that it's a bias, it's a home, but it's a lavush. Even though this is true about the Mishkan and the first Beis and the second Beis he says in a more revealed way, it's going to be by the third base HaMikdash, because by the first two, when you came in, you saw that there were different rooms, but you couldn't see vividly that each section is a manifestation of a different level of holiness. And it doesn't say that clearly in the Chumash either. In the Chumash, it discusses generally the home, and in Halacha, we discuss all of the details of how the base HaMikdash was built. When you came to the Beis HaMikdash, you saw there was a home. It had a few general uh, ge- general sections. You knew the halacha, that in Kedush HaKadoshim, you're not allowed to walk in. In some places, you're not allowed to walk in. But to say that it was expli- it was explicitly revealed in every part of the Beis HaMikdash, how it was a manifestation of a certain Kedusha, that's not the case. Even though it was true, but it was not so revealed and manifested. The third base HaMikdash, he says, since it's going to be a building structure made by Hashem, so the physical structure itself will be in perfect synchronization with the spiritual structure. So therefore, even in the most detailed elements of the physical structure of the third base HaMikdash, there will be a clear mirror and reflection of the Lavush that every single space with its own individual and unique sizes of the physical Beis HaMikdash, is essentially a glove for the hand to fit perfectly in this glove, different than another glove. It's completely synchronized and consistent with that which is dressed up in the garment, just like the garment is perfect shape so that my hand should be able to go through it, or another part of my body should go through it. You give me bigger shoes and then my shoes fall off. You give me smaller shoes and my foot can't fit it. The shoe has to be perfect. And every other garment that way. It has to fit that which is dressed up in it and fit in all of its dimensions and all of its details. In the base you'll look at the place, you'll see, ah, this is a lavush for this kedusha. This is a lavush for this kedusha. This is a garment for this kedusha rather than just a home where there is holiness. And without many differences, because there could be a father and a mother and children and grandchildren and siblings and guests all in the same house. Siv Zion. Siz Yadua. As Dashra, Sashchin in Welt. Page 22. Page 22, Siv Zion. Siz Yadua, as Welt, kum durchen beis ha-mikdash. Kamay ben azalas from the beis ha-mikdash, haysa eire yeitzala ilam. The dwelling of the Shechina in the world came through the Beis HaMikdash. That's why the Gemara says, the Medrash says, the Gemara says, that from the Beis HaMikdash, light came to the whole world. 
if you want a metaphor for it, he says it's like the difference between the brain and the other limbs and parts of the body. All of them are alive, but the brain is the central place of life, the central nervous system, if you want. So the soul is everywhere, there's life everywhere. But you can't compare the soul's presence in the brain and the head or other parts of the body. The brain is like the center, the nucleus, from where the energy, the guidance, the instructions, and all of the details of the body are derived from. So that's compared to the Beis HaMiktosh. The Beis HaMiktosh is like the brain of the world, the spiritual central nervous system of the world. Everything we just explained about the unique quality of the Beis HaMikdash and of the third Beis HaMikdash over the first two is not just a story about the temple on, in Harabayas. It's also a story about the whole world, about the whole creation, the whole cosmos and our whole planet. Everything we discussed is not just a story about the Beis HaMikdash. The Beis HaMikdash is like a brain. Everything in the brain is ultimately manifested, or much of it is manifested in the body. So what we discussed about the second the third Beis HaMikdash is something that's going to be manifested in the world, in the human being and in the whole world, which are all a manifestation or a continuum of the energy of the Beis HaMikdash, like the head and the body. V'habir bazal The explanation in this, but with a little introduction. Now, now stay tuned. the Alter Rebbe, the Balatanya, explains in the second section of Tanya, Shar Hayichud Ve'amun, the portal of unity and faith. That when the Chazal tell us in Pirkeyavis chapter 5, The world was created through ten utterances. It doesn't just mean Hashem created the world once. It means that the letters of each one of the Asadam Amaris with which that being, that existence was created, it stands perpetually within that individual creation to vivify it, to keep it alive, and to make it exist. It's not just a one-time thing, Hashem created the world, then we move on. And that's the meaning of the Pasuk in Tehillim, La'olam Hashem Dvarcha Nitzav Bashamayim. The Bashem Dev explained that La'olam Hashem Dvarcha Nitzav Bashamayim, what does it mean? The Pasuk says in Tehillim Kofiutes, your, sta- your word always stands in heaven. So the Baal Shem Tov said, based on a Medrash Tehillim, that Dvarcha, it's a fascinating interpretation, your words, your words which said, Yehira Kiya, let there be a firmament, 
or your words, you said, Nasa Adam, let there be a human being, or let there be planets and galaxies, Yehima Eris, or let there be vegetation and produce. Those words, those letters of the Asara Mamaris is Oilam Nitzav. It always remains in the Nivrayim, within the created beings, to give them Chiyus, to give them existence, to give them their life force, to give them their chemistry, content, functionality, purpose. If you will, the best example for this, and it may not just be an example, it's actually a manifestation of this, is the discovery in the 1950s of the DNA. They used to think a cell is not very complex. It's uh, some Lego that your kids build in the dining room, in the family room. Discovered in the 1950s the DNA, you saw the complexity within each cell, but more importantly, this was literally like Isis. It was like, a, 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 it, it's called letters, even though it's not letters. It's the chemicals, it's, the, it's, 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 it's chemicals, but nonetheless, it's set up like letters. It's like a program code of a computer with sequences in an organized, categorized way of information. It's basically information. And the amount of information is mind-staggering, and it's all embedded in one cell, which has a double copy of the genome, which is the code that literally is responsible for the entire mechanism, functionality, and existence of the entire living organism. Half of a fella. So the DNA of creation is the divine energy, the chiyas of the Asara Mamaris, and it's malubish in every single nivra, continuously giving it life. I, the Asara Mamaris, don't mention every single created being. For example, a rock. So the Alter Rebbe explains in Tanya, that's true. But remember, the Asara Mamaris go through many, commute, uh, they, they commute, they're interchangeable. Because the letters of Aleph Beis, each letter is an energy, and those letters are manifested in different ways. So even though you have only ten utterances, but you have the Sefi Yitzira explains, there's 231 ways of how the Isis are interchangeable with each other. So therefore, it's like there's different sequences of DNA. You may have the same letters, the same four codes, but the sequences are so diverse and so varied that you can have every single type of Nivra and so much diversity in our world. And it's all from the same DNA. They're all using the same dictionary. They're all using the same vocabulary. It's the diversity of the vocabulary that creates the endless diversity of our creation. Because the letters of Asara Mamaras are letters of Asara Mamaras, but those letters can come in so many different configurations, and that's why there is so much diversity in the Bria. We have Nasa Adam, but in Adam itself, there's something called the human species, but in Adam itself, every person has their unique DNA. Just like every mammal and every fish and every reptile, there's the DNA of mammals, but there is the unique individuality, both of a species and within a species of every individual. Now the differences may be slight. So the Alter Rebbe says in Tanya, it's because the Asara Mamaris come in so many different configurations, which give rise to the infinite diversity of our creation. What does this teach us, Vahainu? As Allah Hilukim Pratim for Nevraim in Zayamahus, Tchun of Etsir, Nemen Zech Defun was as an endochilukim in the Protea Isis from the Asada Mamaras, Vichilofenut Murusayan, Vachazana Mahava, Machai, Yed Nivribitsevenia Prati. This means all of the individual differences of every single creation in their essence, their essential chemistry and composition, in their characteristics and in their physique. When you talk about the of who they are in their deepest space, 
their various characteristics and their form, all of it, comes from what? Comes from the differences in the Asara Mamaras. The Isis for each Nivra are unique. And again, I'm giving this metaphor of DNA, and I don't think it's a metaphor, I think it's a manifestation of this. It's the physical manifestation of the Asara Mamaras. It's fascinating that from the 1950s, when we want to describe living organisms, we describe them in terms of Isis. Basically, the underlying root, the building blocks of every living organism are Isis, are letters. That's what they call them, letters, DNA letters. It's a metaphor, the word letters, but that's the, con- it's the concept of letters. It's the concept of Isis. It's incredible. It says, Ten times or nine times. It's all letters. So it's not, Hashem said, Nasa let there be a man. All people, every Adam has its unique Isis, and that makes for the difference between me and you. Between you and me. Every insect. Now, you have, you have an ant colony. How many ants are there in the planet? <laughs> Millions, billions. You have the DNA of ants. That's a unique manifestation of the Asada Mamas. Now, the Torah doesn't say an ant. The Torah doesn't say Namala. Vayoymer alakim yehi Namala. Or tehi Namala. doesn't say that. But, it speaks about the species. Hashem said, let there be mammals, let there be birds, let there be fish, let there be the, cre- the creeping, the crawling insects. He didn't say, let there be mountains, let there be rocks, let there be minerals, let there be coal, let there be diamonds, let there be pearls. So that's what Al-Tareb is saying. He said, general nivrayim, but those Asara Mamaras then continue to flow in various configurations and different sequences and commutations to ultimately give rise to every single nivra in the physical world, in the spiritual world. And not just to every species, to every individual organism within the species. Hashem said, let the earth produce vegetation. But he didn't discuss an orange or a particular flower or particular vegetable, or particular legume, or particular grain. He spoke about Asev, Mazriya, Zera, Eitz Pri, Oisev Pri, Laminoi. So you have fruit trees. But every individual fruit tree has its own DNA. There are the commonalities of an Eitz Pri that all fruit trees have. But there is also the unique distinction. I share 50% of my DNA with a banana. But there is, and I share 98% of my DNA with a chimpanzee. Is that a humbling idea? The Rebbe once said, here you see the achdos of the breeze. Maybe we say, oh, you're 98% a chimpanzee, maybe 99%. No, there's no difference. No, it's the achdos of the breeze. The fact that I look at a banana, the banana is in me and I'm in the banana. Because we're all one. We all come from one source. It's the achdos of the breeze, that everything is really one. And within that achdos, there is the unique individuality of every single nivra, which is mind-staggering and incredible. 98% of my DNA I share with the chimp, with all due respect to myself and you, but it's that 2% where the uniqueness of the human being, what they like to call the homo sapien, emerges. In those two, that was, And what about you and I? We share much more, but there are those, those tiny little nuances and differences that may be invisible to the naked eye, but they make 
for your individuality versus my individuality in terms of your genetic makeup, which is responsible for disposition, for physique, for the color of your hair, for the color of your eyes, for big things and small things, from height, from a metabolism, and from the entire system of your organism. As he says, your mohus, your essence, your characteristics, your form and physique. It's all different. We titled the class, Does Judaism Really Embrace Individuality? What's the answer to this? What is real individuality? Real individuality means what? That I'm going to paint half of my hair pink and yellow and green so that I can get attention? Real individuality means that I'm actually different. (laughs) Does Judaism embrace individuality? What is the Rebbe saying here from Tanya? It's based on individuality. The miracle of creation is that from one came endless diversity. That's the whole miracle of creation. Pre-creation, everything is one. Hashem Echad, Einoid Mulvadi, there's nothing outside of him. The miracle of creation is from one, many. E pluberis onem, right on our dollar, right? From many, one. The miracle of creation is from one, many. And all from one. And that's why all the many are using the same dictionary, the same vocabulary. It's called Basara Mamoris Nivra Ha'olam. And the Asara Mamoris go back to Bereshus, to the one word of Bereshus. Real individuality means that there is a different manifestation of energy conveyed through you than conveyed through me. Of course, there's so many similarities. We're both people. That's how we could communicate with each other. We could connect with each other. But those similarities don't take away the truth and the authenticity of the diversity that exists in all of creation. And it's one of the most fascinating things you come across when you study nature, even superficially. It's just the diversity. So similar and yet so diverse. And every creature takes its individuality very seriously. You can't ask the bee to start living like a mosquito or the roach to start living like a, like a bat and the bat to start living like a beetle and the groundhog to become a squirrel. They're both roaming around here, but they're different. And it's so powerful because ultimately that difference is a difference in what? It's a difference in asara mamara iskivayachal. The asara mamaras that are vivifying the squirrel are not the asara mamaras that are vivifying the groundhog. There is some uniqueness, some diversity in the sequence, in the configurations, in the gematrias, in the commutations that ultimately produces the DNA at the nucleus of the cell of the groundhog that gave instructions to itself to replicate itself and build that type of nivra, which we call the horse or the donkey or the camel or the lion or the hyena or the elephant or the tiny little yitush, the flea or mosquito. Yutayfus chavra. Moiradik, moiradik. The reichkeit, the richness The whole universe comes, the the universe, (laughs) you know, it's not a Yiddish guy that's parochial, it's a Yiddish guy that's that's universal. It encompasses cosmology and physics and science and geology and astronomy and botany. Because it's all part of the Asana and yet it's all different, everyone is different. So it's not we all come from God, that doesn't cut it. 
Yeah, we all come from God. We're all created from God. The Chiddush that Alter Rebbe is conveying, the Balatani Menashar Yechud is, our individuality is a manifestation of the individual divine energy that is enclosed within each of us specifically, particularly not just as part of a general species or a general planet or a general world. We're all one and we're all different. And both are equally true from the divine perspective. And therefore one must not cancel out the other. Ches. And I hope you're starting to see the connection with Levush that we spoke earlier. The Pasuk says in Yeshaya, when Mashiach comes, the glory of Hashem will be revealed, and all flesh together will see that Hashem spoke. Literally it means that the promises that Hashem made will be materialized, and therefore we will see that Hashem's promises are real. That's how some commentators explain the, the explanation in Chassidus is that when Mashiach comes, this Pasuk is describing the nature of reality. Not just we'll see that Hashem's promises are true. The Kvayt Hashem will be revealed, so all the flesh will be able to see and perceive Kifi Hashem Dibr, that God mouth, that Hashem's mouth spoke. What does this mean? Quote from the beginning of Rambam. When Mashiach comes, it's not just Kvayd Hashem will be revealed and it will become obvious that the world has a creator. Today it's not obvious, and there are debates, and there are those who agree, and there are those who disagree. And you can be a respected scientist, at least in your own mind or in the minds of your colleagues, and completely say, I'm not sure there's a creator. 
When Mashiach comes, it will become obvious that every single thing, every creation was created by Hashem. And that's a common denominator that includes every single thing that exists. The farananenkeit, the existence, the fact that it is. The isness of every nivra, we're going to see that Hashem created it. But the Chiddush is much bigger, much deeper. Hashem's mouth spoke. What did it speak? It spoke different utterances to vivify different nivrayim. Not only will we see, ah, you come from Hashem, you come from Hashem, you come from Hashem. In other words, that existence is a product of Hashem. But the details of existence, that's just uh, <laughs> however that came about. Hashem wanted it. It give different systems or mechanisms. Our relationship with Hashem is just in the fact that He created us. Each of us is a creation by Hashem. The Rebbe says, no, much deeper. The individual characteristics, the individual dimensions, features, Nature, disposition, color, physique, the individual chemistry of every individual creation is essentially a manifestation of the unique Dvar Hashem, the unique divine energy that is enclosed in it. My unique individual features are essentially a conduit and a channel for the unique Dvar Hashem that is enclosed within me, just like the unique Dvar Hashem which is enclosed within you. That's what's going to be Nezgala L'Asid Lover. And we see that by Tzadikim, they have something of it even today. It says about the Maggid of Mizrich. He was looking at a vessel and he said that the one who sculptured this, the one who made this, was blind on one eye. Where do you get that? The answer is, he saw the Kaya Chapa'el Benifal. He saw the power of the one who made it expressed within the vessel. And this was a vessel that was physical. It was a vessel that was made miyesh from a previous material. And the, uh, the artisan, the craftsman, the blacksmith, the goldsmith just developed it. Certainly, he could perceive the kaya chapoyel benifel. Everything in the world has a kaya chapoyel benifel. You want to see the kaya of the poil, of the activator, of the designer, of the builder, in the nifel, in that which is created. In other words, to be able to see the divine DNA in every single living existence. And every single existence which is alive, even if we don't call it an organism. A rock also has divine DNA. The whole atomic structure of every single nivra, the building blocks of creation, and the unique building blocks of every single nivra, which comes basically on different types of atoms combining in different sequences. That's all the Dvar Hashem ultimately. I told you 99% of this, of the atom is empty space. So the Dvar Hashem has plenty of space where to lodge. It's of course not a physical reality. We're going to see, and not just the Magad. Every single flesh, kol will see kifi Hashem diber, will be able to perceive that the individual qualities of every nivra is essentially, what is it for real? What is it behemis? It's an expression of alakus. It's an expression of godliness. It's not just Judaism tolerates individuality. It's not just Judaism is aright with individuality. It's not even that Judaism celebrates individuality. It's that Judaism says that your divinity is dependent on your individuality. Your relationship with Hashem 
is dependent on your individuality because there's something about the Dvar Hashem that comes out through your uniqueness, through your individual features, characteristics, dimensions, nature, and the unique properties of your life, including the circumstances of your life. And no two are the same. As the Mishnah says in Sanhedrin, no two people are the same. No two drops of rain are the same. No two flakes of snow are the same. They come from one place. But there's a unique Dvar Hashem in every Nivra. And that's going to be Nizgalullah, said Lavi. Not only will we see, said Abba Shefer, okay, everything is from Hashem. We're going to be able to see in every Prat of every Nivra. What is it? It's the Dvar Hashem that is uniquely manifested in this Nivra. And therefore it's coming out in this Prat. Prat means a detail, a nuance. Every nook and cranny, every Prat of every Nivra will be able to see what is it? What is it, Bamas? It's the unique Dvar Hashem that is manifested in this Nivra. Tagan a whole different word. Kifi Hashem Dibur they're going to see. The Dibur. And the Dibur is diverse. Basara Mamaras Nivra Elam. And those Asara continue to be uh, reconfigured in, in more asara, asara, hundreds, thousands, millions, billions, trillions, zillions, sectillions, etc., etc. There's a sefer called Beis Rebbe, it's a biography of the Balatanya. He says that before his passing, he told it to Machzadik, or some people around him, he said, he looked up to the rafters, he was in a little town called Piena, in the Ukraine, the area of Paltava, that's where he passed away, and then they buried him in Hadich because of a Jewish cemetery there. But he died in a place called Piena, he passed away in a place called Piena, which was not a Jewish town. But there was a Gentile there who gave him a house to be there the last uh, last while of his life, and there the Rebbe fell ill, and he passed away, Chavdal Tevis Tov Kufayin Gimel, 1812, they say before his passing, the Balatanya said, Ich Balkon, Ich Dvar Hashem, I don't see the rafter, I see the divine energy that gives it life and existence. What does this mean? Why don't I see the rafter? What is his eyes weren't working. What is the rafter? <laughs> you say, it's a piece of wood. What is a piece of wood? Well, we can describe a piece of wood from an external point of view. Then we can describe a piece of wood from a chemistry point of view. Then we can describe a piece of wood from a physics point of view. Then we could describe a piece of wood from a quantum mechanics point of view. Then we could describe a piece of wood from a string theory point of view, whether we get it right or not. And then we could describe the ultimate piece of wood. And that is from the Dvar Hashem's point of view, which gives rise to the string theory's point of view, to the quantum point of view, to the atomic point of view, to the molecular point of view to the chemistry point of view, until to the fact what my eyes see, a shtikholz, a klotz. Klotz is a piece of wood. He said, now I see the quintessence, the pnimius of every nivra. When I'm looking at the rafter, what do I see in the rafter? I see the dvar Hashem that's giving it life, giving it existence. In other words, I am now fortunate to be wearing spiritually microscopic classes. And as the Rebbe said, this tzaddikim, this is what, this is how they live. The Magid could look at a keli and he saw the energy that was invested in that keli. Because when I built something, my energy is there. But when I look at something, I don't know who did it. Unless the artist signs his name. 
I look, build a K, I see a Kaylee, I know the woman who did it, but if I could see the Kayach HaPel Benifel, if the doors of my perceptions were cleansed, then everything would appear as it really is, a manifestation of infinity. And then the world becomes one, even though none of us are the same. Because we're all using the same dictionary, the same hadvar, the same the different dvarim that come from the same Hashem. How is this going to happen in the world? Because it happens in the Beis Hamikdash. The Beis Hamikdash is the spiritual central nervous system. The Beis Hamikdash is the brain of the world. What happens in the brain is manifested in the body. Since in the Beis Hamikdash, what's going to be revealed is that it's a lavush, not only it's a home. It's a lavush. Meaning, every part of the physical Beis HaMikdash is connected and is synchronized and is a manifestation and is expressed for the unique Kedusha, for the unique V'Shachanti B'Soycham, the different type, the different levels of V'Shachanti B'Soycham in the Beis HaMikdash. By the way, I just thought this is maybe an explanation why it says V'Osuli Mikdash V'Shachanti B'Soycham, not B'Soychoy. Because B'Soycham is that every part of the Mishkan, the Beis HaMikdash, has a different V'Shachanti. True, there's a Vashachanti in the whole Mishkan of the Beis Mikdash. The Gemara says in Shvu is Dav Beis Mishkan Ikri Mikdash, Mikdash Ikri Mishkan. They're both interchangeable names. But as he said earlier, the first Beis Mikdash, the second Beis Mikdash, the third Beis Mikdash, the Mishkan, all had this element. It's not one Vashachanti. It's a different Vashachanti. Every part is a Lavush. But in the Beis Mikdash Ashlishi, it's going to be revealed to the physical naked eye. The physical naked eye will have divine microscopic lenses. So Bamela, what I'm going to see in the Beis HaMitish is going to be reflected in the whole cosmos, that in every single tree and bush and shrub, in every insect and mammal and fish and bird and reptile, in every star, in every galaxy, in every planet, in every limb of my body, I'm going to see it as a lavush. A lavush for what? A lavush for the unique kedusha, for the unique divine energy that comes through and is manifested through this particular individual nivra. And that's why, not only don't we shun individuality, we really celebrate it, because there's a gift that you have to give to the world that nobody else could. It's not like we're all here and let's just do the same thing. There's a lot of things we got to do the same thing. Teira achas lekulana, tayag mitzvah were given to every Jew b'shava. But within that world, just like the world belongs to Hashem, Hashem we're all part of an ecosystem that we all give to and take from. But everyone contributes their unique contribution. Life is a powerful play and you must contribute your verse. Because your verse was unique to you and all of history waits for you to contribute your verse and your unique resources and gifts to our world that nobody else before you, nobody else after you and nobody else existing now can do. Only you can do it. That's the meaning of Chayev Adam Loimar Bishvili Nivra in the Mishnah and Sanhedrin. The world was created for me. Something is at stake in my existence to be able to give to the world. Tess. Okay, let's take some questions. <laughs> Perhaps somebody says as follows. Perhaps the explanation of the mashal of the Begid is that we find that a lavush refers to the middas of a person. Middas means sizes, measurements. Kedusha Slevi says by the middas of Hashem as well, that they're called a lavush. The cause of the churban of the Beis HaMikdash was the bad middas that we have, as seen from the story of Kamtsa Bar Kamtsa, Sinas Chinam. And that was the cause of the destruction of the Beis HaMikdash. 
The great Chevron Rosh Hashiva, Hagan Rabbi Cheskel Sarner, Rabbi explains how every thought can be destructive and destroy a Beis and every positive thought can build a Beis So the Tikkun to fix our world is through fixing our Levush, which is done by going in the Derech HaYasher, as the Rambam describes in Hilchis Deis, the Derech HaYashara, the intermediate path, and to do it again and again and again till it becomes your second nature, as the Rambam explains in Hilchis Deis. Rabbi Cheskel Sarna says that Rabbi Chaim Valojana writes, Rabbi Chaim the Great, Rabbi Chaim Valojana, the Shachaim, the student of the Vilna Gon, writes that the chait of a machshava psula of an Adam, mi Yisrael, could be more devastating than the actions of Titus and Kaidash HaKadoshim. A blemished thought of a Jew can have a more devastating impact than what Titus, the Russia did when he came to destroy the Beis HaMikdash. And he says, Reb Chatzkel says, because the Kedusha Titus cannot destroy. He could not take away the Kedusha of the Beis HaMikdash. But the Jew has that access to that level of Kedusha. And in the positive, he says, a hero tshuva is a tzadik gomer. The Gemara says in Kedushan, hero tshuva is a tzadik gomer. So he's saying that's the vart of Levush, the concept of Midas. Does this mean that differences of opinions are innate to the fabric of the universe? And then how do we get along with people? I think what this teaches us is an incredible insight that diversity is not a curse. Diversity is a blessing. It's not something to tolerate. It's something to celebrate, to embrace. Diversity is an expression of our divinity. Our divinity is not expressed only in us being uniform and the same. Our divinity is expressed also in our differences. It's not that our relationship with Hashem is just that we're all created from Hashem. So I'm created by Hashem, and you're created by Hashem, and ultimately Hashem is responsible for all of our creation. So the isness of every being, that's where God begins, and that's where it ends, Khalila. In other words, the individuality of creation, this is already a process outside of the divine, if you wish. You want to call it natural selection, you want to call it evolution, even if you believe in God, but the evolution is just a system. But the individual details are not very significant. It's just how the process is. How the process works. Even if you want to say that Hashem created individuality, but you're not going to say that individuality is a manifestation of Hashem. No, He created it. The relationship with Hashem is the fact that it was created, that the existence of everything is a divine gift. But the how of existence, the details of the existence... The components of the existence. That's just, he made you, 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 you. You know, you need an ecosystem. So everybody is different. What the Rebbe is explaining to her, that Chassidus taught, that the individuality of every nivra is the Dvar Hashem. What's the Loshan here, the amazing Loshan? As Yedin nivra b'tchunosim uhusay apratis is amitas inyonoi, the Dvar Hashem, dibur prati velchazanim elubash. Every nivra in its unique chemistry, in its unique essential components and characteristics, if you excavate it, if you remove all the facades and layers, what are you going to see there? What is the emiss of it? It's the Dvar Hashem. It's the Dibur Prati, the individual Dvar Hashem, that's Malubashanat. 
And that comes from the concept of the levush versus the bias. We're not just a home for Kedusha. We're a levush for Kedusha. And every limb has its own levush. And every person is its own levush because it has its unique Kedusha that comes out only through you. So in that sense, we're all one. We all use the same dictionary, but we're also different. So when we have disagreements, I can really respect it and cherish it because I'm enriched through your individuality as you are enriched through my individuality. Because you have something to contribute that I can't and I have something that you can and we learn from each other and we enrich each other's lives. When we could see diversity from that perspective, everything changes. But this is diversity that comes from unity and it leads back to unity. From one, many, and therefore from many, one. As the dollar bill tells us. Because from one came many, therefore from many could come one. Because if the many didn't come from one, so then from many comes fragmentation, divisiveness, and strife. But if we know that from one came many, so then what happens? Then from many we can come back to one. Because what we can reveal then is that my individuality is never a contradiction to you. And never a reason for me to bicker with you and quarrel with you. On the contrary, it's a reason for me to give to you as for you to give to me so that together we can recreate that unity. In other words, when we realize that from one came many, so all the many really come from one, from Hashem, who's Dover, who's Dibur, Basarim Amaris Nivra'ilam, Basarim Amaris. So then what happens? So the many doesn't become an excuse or a reason for strife, for fragmentation. On the contrary, from the many we come back to one because each of us shares their unique glow of the divine light. You have your light that you radiate to the world, and I have my light to radiate to the world. And together, we light up the world with Hashem's light. And that's the Pshat in the Mishnah. Asks the Mishnah, could have been with one Mimer. Could have been with one Mimer. Says, then there would be no Tzaddikim and Rishayim. What does it mean it would have been with one Mimer? It means... That the whole world would be one mimer. So what would you see in the world? Achtos. <laughs> there would be no differences. Even if there would be physical differences, we wouldn't see the differences. We would see oneness pervading everything. So the tree and the squirrel and the groundhog and the hyena and the boat and the shrub and the plant and the black hole and the star and the human being are really all one, just an expression of achtos. But Hashem didn't do it that way. He made asodem amaris nevra'ilam. And therefore there is diversity, and therefore there could be fragmentation, and therefore you could perceive yourself as an individual in contrast to the divine creator, when really we're all one, from one many, and therefore from many one. And that's the beginning of the understanding of the Baditcheva's Moshal about the Lavush, the Besamiktish as a Lavush, and that's going to be manifested in the whole world, because it's really that now, it's not that, it's that way now. But when Mashiach comes, it's going to be revealed even to the naked eye. The naked eye will become a microscopic divine eye. But that's the truth even now. We'll continue this, Bezer Hashem, Monday morning, 7.30 a.m. Remember today, 10 o'clock, we have our Rambam class. And uh, Sunday night, we have a uh, 8, 9.30, we have a lecture about uh, coronavirus and opportunity to overcome our differences. Sunday morning, 10 o'clock, will be the Rambam class as well. So the next class will be Sunday at 10. Sunday night we have a lecture. Monday morning, 7.30, Be'ezer Hashem, we will continue this 
Sicha. In the meantime, have a beautiful day and a special, special Shabbos, a beautiful Shabbos. We will be having a Shir Shabbos morning, 9.15. We do ask everybody to uh, be respectful of the guidelines of health officials and be sensitive to the physical concerns and needs of your neighbor and colleague. In the meantime, my love to all of you, a lichtik in Shabbos, a freilich in Shabbos, Shabbos Chazoin, the Baditshava says, we see the Beis HaMikdash Ashlishi, may we see it not only in our mazel, but may we take a see it take with our physical, physical eyes. Bekarev, bimheira, biyameinu, mamish, amen v'yamein. This class is brought to you by the yeshiva.net. Please help us continue the classes. Make even a small contribution at www.theyeshiva.net slash donate.